So what would be your ideal date? I mean, I'm just asking out of interest. Uh, I'm coming to the UK soon. Like, um, okay, perfect. I'll, I'll get my wallet ready. And I'm Ricky, and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond, whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? been described as an ultimate fantasy of a pop princess, snatching a bold second on Drag Race Holland. The Dutch drag diva Janie Jackie joins us on Fierce Slay Talk. Welcome. How are you? Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. How are you? It's a real pleasure. No problem. I'm great. Davina's great, I think, aren't you? I am. I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for having me, love. Nice to meet you guys. Yes, my Dutch sister. Hi. Of course. Welcome to the family. I love we both put a little <laughs> bit of red in. A little bit of red. Ooh. A little bit of red. Well, we never met. I've never been to the UK. Okay. Shame on me. Right. Um, so I, I never got to meet my beautiful sisters from Drag Race UK, but okay. I will be in the UK very soon. So I love to meet everybody. Yeah, of course, we need to make that happen. And you're bound to be coming to Manchester, definitely, aren't you? That absolutely needs to happen. We need to make sure that that happens. Because yes, you girls were fantastic. I absolutely loved Holland's Drag Race. Um, it felt really uh, fresh. Everyone was really um, Dutch about everything. Uh, you know, you all just said it. There was no <laughs> no playing. There was yep. no mincing words. It was just, well, I think your wig is horrible. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't say anything about the wig. It was more the costume or the makeup. But uh, no, yeah. <laughs> but very Dutch like that, you know. We're uh, our culture is just very very out there. It's very in your face. But it's not it's never to be rude. It's just like to save time and yeah. you know, to go forward faster and uh, learn from each other in that way. Um, but um, thanks. Yeah, it was a great season. Yeah, it was. It genuinely was a really good season. And everybody brought something really different to the table as well. You know, that was really, uh, that would be really exciting. I don't know when you filmed this, though. Uh, no, we filmed everything in August. So uh, there was one month of filming, the beginning to the end of August. Um, which was obviously the hottest month of the year. It was 32, 35 degrees in the studio. It was crazy. Um, and then they started airing the 18th of September. So there were literally two and a half weeks in between ending the filming and starting airing, uh, which is oh, okay. in Drag Race history unheard of because it's always an edit of like six months. And there's always this time to like get out there and prepare and get, get, I know you're gagged. I know, I know, I know, I know. So we had literally two weeks to do like photo shoots, get everything ready, order some new shit or, you know, get IDs out there. And then combined with being at home and, and in quarantine, it was an experience on its own, honey. That is in fucking tense. Holy shit. Two weeks. You had a two yeah. week edit. That's that crazy. is insane to me. Well, they they started editing the first episode after we filmed it. Like they started editing right away. They had to, or how else are you gonna like make that happen? Yeah, the whole competition, sure. Mm, yeah. That is 
crazy. And what have you been up to since then? Of course, I guess you've been busy as you can be, but I suppose it's not like the normal follow-up of a, of a, of a drag race um, competition. Well, when I got back, uh, obviously I was in the finale. So then I was also like still wondering like, okay, how is this going to end? So I started as a crazy person, started doing my photo shoots to get all my pictures out there and to get everything going. Uh, and to work on a show and to work on ideas, um, getting the merch up, getting illustrations done. And so it's until the point of the finale actually airing, it has been nonstop since I started preparing for Drag Race. So um, after the finale aired, I was also like, okay, I'm going to take a week and sleep <laughs> and not do anything. <laughs> um and then there's so many things that we want to do that we can do because of because of COVID still having the quarantine here and there. Like there was, I would have already wanted to be on tour and go to the UK. Germany is very excited. Um, the girls in Italy are very excited to see us. Of course, America wants to meet us. So um, now it's just a little bit like we can do, we do what we can do. And um, hopefully as soon as everything is clear and we can go out into, into the world, we're ready to go. I mean... I am still shook that there were two weeks. <laughs> I am. I know because still... you you had you had six months. Yes, right. Six months yeah. to decompress from all of that and get everything kind of lined up and ready, and so that is that is a hell of a turnaround. So, like emotionally, yeah. having just gone through that, that must still mm -hmm. be very kind of present for you. Um, yeah, especially being in the finale and like going up to that point of like all everything airing and you still don't know, like you're still emotionally, you're still going, you're still in that process. You feel like you're still in the studio at that, in that point. So, uh, that's also why I decided when the finale was aired, um, I just took a week off. I was like, I need to, yeah. I need to decompress a little and like, cause it's so intense, you know? And then, um, it still is cause now, now everybody's looking at you like, what you gonna do? And then you yeah. sit at home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, like I'm gonna I, um, watch the crown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. I'm still shook. I am still <laughs> shook. Like holy shit! I cannot even imagine what that must have been like. Um, so did you, you filmed two endings as well? Yeah, we filmed double finale. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. <gasps> so I, I heard I heard RuPaul saying my name. It was just never aired. Oh no. So what did you say at the end? Because at the end of when when we filmed my ending, I went, Bring us massive! Like that, which I feel <laughs> maybe that also probably, you know, hampered my uh, chances of actually winning. <laughs> no. I can't base it on that. I, I, think, um, I think my sort of when I, when, I, when I did my finale and I won, um, of course they crowned me and... Um, then all the girls came in and we started dancing and stuff. And then at the end, I um, said to the cameras, life is one big fucking fantasy as long as you see it. <gasps> that's a that's a great finishing line. That's gorgeous. Not, not a winning one, though. <laughs> <laughs> is it out there anywhere on the internet, this version? No, they won't. They, they won't uh, use it. No. On the this, is, this is the floor. shit that needs to be leaked, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's see everybody's like non-winning non-winning yeah I, I would live for that i would love that shit now you started really early in drag you were you were doing drag since you were 16. so how did that come about that you were like okay i'm 16 i'd like to do drag now well i mean i've, I've always um i like I, I was born in a like grew up in a small village and i went mm. to amsterdam school when i was 12 because my parents were already like okay this is 
you know, this is one that needs to get out of the village. Um, so I was always fascinated with drag. I saw the videos from RuPaul and Wigstock and all of these things. And there was a, a very old TV show here in the Netherlands as well that was centered around drag um, and lip syncing. So for me, it was always fascinating. I was like, oh, that's something I would love to get into. And then I love to lip sync. I don't know why. I didn't know it was you know, a possibility for a job, but I was always like, oh, I would love to do this. And then a friend of mine was like, oh, I'm doing a sweet 16 party. Cause at the time that was like a big thing from MTV and stuff. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be this private party. It's going to be far away from my house. I'm a, I'm a borrow a dress from somebody and like get myself into drag. And then, uh, I mean, you know, the, the funny thing is, is like I made some photos at that party and I, at that time the smartphones weren't all up to date like that. So I printed them out. And then I forgot them in the printer. So the first time I was ever in a dress, the first time I printed that photo, my parents already knew what was going on. And I was like, well, there's no denying now. <laughs> At least we can get into it. <laughs> I just left you the evidence. May as well have tied it up in a little bow. <laughs> and, um, and from then on, it just, yeah. Yeah, you should have put it on their, on their pillows instead. Yeah, put a little card yeah. by it. <laughs> should have just made some merch and be like, hey, wear it. It's happening. Yeah, yeah. More bookings. Exactly. Knock on my door. <laughs> That's quite funny. And then from that on, it just it just happened, I guess. You know, I just I was always very into it and I loved it. And I loved, um, you know, the whole art of it. And then I, I started going uh, to this party in Harlem, which is another city in the Netherlands. And then my, my drag mom. And then it just, yeah, it just went from there. Oh, that is a pretty incredible story, isn't it? That is really weird, Davina, what I was just thinking, that they had a show that had drag and lip sync in it, in lip syncing yeah. in it before. Like, what was we, this yeah, called? what was this? We yeah. never had this, because that would have obviously been, I don't know, most people's story, if we a lot it. of people, yeah, we haven't st haven't sort of seen stuff until Drag Race. Um, so what was this show? Uh, it's what's called the Travesty Show. Like, uh, it was, it was basically, it was, um, it was focused around drag, but in it, like, Travesty was like, is like the, the sort of the niche name. Um, and it was centered around, about lip syncing. So it was also like little boys and girls who would get into drag or like dress up and then they would imitate famous artists. Um, and, uh, one of the, one of the people on the panel was Nikki Nicole, who is a very famous drag queen in the Netherlands, um, who is one of the pioneers for that from that time, you know, from the Roxy and the It, Havana, the big clubs and uh, very the 90s and they, they made that happen. Wow, that's incredible. That sounds so cool. It's like, yeah. this is the kind of stuff we, we've we talked about, I don't know, in the last 12 months to people, I don't know, drag queens yeah. reading we stories a... to children. Like this is a new thing, you know, to us. And then there's- We got a really paltry imitation of that with uh, Mel B and the lip sync battle. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. Not the same. Not as good. Thank you very much. And then there's there is the celebrity <laughs> one, I suppose, in the US on like Jimmy Fallon and what have you, yeah. isn't there? But it's not really the same uh, kind of thing. No, it's quite funny not the though, same I suppose. At all. <laughs> but it's but it's funny how like also now you have the masked singer. Oh which yeah, is like yeah. A huge TV show. So which is funny to me because sometimes they like the TV world doesn't look at drag and take it that serious about lip syncing, but then we're looking at people in masks lip syncing, and yeah. that's a yeah. huge phenomenon. Yeah. So it's you know. They sometimes forget that drag queens were the pioneers of that, but um, yeah, I'm happy that they start loving it. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. So how old were you when you first realized that you weren't going to become an accountant? Um, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think I've always known that that wasn't for me. 
I guess. I mean, there's still sh- time, Janie. There's still time. You could still become an accountant. There's still, yeah. Davina actually needs help with her taxes. Girl, if COVID keeps continuing, I need to. <laughs> if there's if the stages stay closed, we don't have a choice, bitch. Like yeah, we have exactly. to get another that's job. It, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm not very good at Microsoft Excel. That's the only problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I only do Mac. Like <laughs> No, but I studied hotel management. So I you know, I was oh. um yeah, so I, and I worked at Michelin restaurants, so pretty high class, and uh-huh. um, and I was and I was pretty good at it. I was like, oh, I can like you know, it, and it's sort of the same thing where you present at a table. Yeah, and there's so many things that I learned from there that I use on stage right now. It was just that that hierarchy didn't work for me. You know, if you, when you're young, you're young, you don't get through. You have to like work ten years into the business to be somebody. So I was like, you know, I I need to ch- change that around. But I'm very happy that I did because there's so many things that I learned that I use now. Yeah, yeah, about for like sure. you know. Presenting yourself, hosting on a stage, and knowing yeah, what you can and definitely. cannot say. You're so and... right about that because actually, presenting at a t- like I've done it in hospitality and as a holiday rep um, for Thomas Cook or Neckerman, I think it's called in the Netherlands, um, mm-hmm. and then you know cabin crew, and it's all very presenting to people, isn't it? Like when you think about yeah. all of those types yeah. of things. Yeah, you're so right. Um, you've talked about how your drag is influenced by pop artists and um there's also you know i i would you said it on the show like there is an old school element of you know the drag that you kind of do which is i mean you're talking to me there doesn't come much more old than this um so (laughs) so who in particular uh is it that's that is influencing your looks at the moment because we all kind of you know you settle on somebody for a while and then you go okay i need to move on do something different da, 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 da. so who is it right now who's kind of influencing your looks and then are they influencing like your choices with uh, music content as well um i i guess so i mean i think uh pinterest is my biggest uh oh <laughs> she's a pinterest queen okay <laughs> no i mean i you know you google anyway so you, you always go and sort of find out but i i mean there's a lot of people that i love their aesthetics from um it's just that general general pop vibe that i love you know the ariana but also like beyonce what she did and done and um a little mix for example is one of those girl groups that have yeah. always phenomenal costumes and it always works like the smallest little details in in a group of four. Um, And then, I mean, old school, it's hard, you know, like it came out as being old school, but I think it's more like old time glamour or timeless glamour. Um, For example, this look, which they hated on the show. Well, fuck Um, them. What do they know? (laughs) That's what's up. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, yeah, and and, I mean, it's it's also like because of on the show, I, I got compared to Envy a lot because we have a certain similar professional attitude towards our drag and and perfectionism and so yeah. and then and then the difference between us became very clear as well where she is this more characteristic you know futuristic type of a woman and I'm that pure fish that I can just slap on a little bit of makeup and look like a woman um but what I learned also from my drag mom is is just that complete look where everything just matches and yeah and you know she she used to make like a dress out of one fabric but then she would make earrings and a headpiece and a, and a little bracelet or something from the shoes it would always be a complete total something yeah so that altogether sort of um influences how i how i look at drag but it's always hard because you know once you do something everybody's gonna be like oh that looks like what she did 
or oh that looks like what that artist was wearing you know so it's it's always yeah exactly so it's always hard to be like oh that's my inspiration i just taste everything and everywhere and then i throw mash it up into something that i like and that is one of the things with being like now being a drag race girl but as well since drag race started people are constantly comparing you to oh you look like you look like you mm. look like you no yeah this is my face it is yeah. on my body. These are yeah. my clothes. These are my choices. I look like me. I know. And then and then it's also funny because like, you know, you try not to see as much stuff online, but you see it. Yeah. Um, and there were so many people who were commenting on my best drag look from the finale with the wings and everything. And they were like, you know, it's monochromatic and it's cute, but it's meh. And like, I don't get it. And the hair and blah, blah, blah. But I know. I mean, okay. Everybody has their opinions. That's fine. I felt like a true angel. I was... I was living that whole fucking fantasy. But then they posted, there was one page on Instagram who started posting the best drag looks from season two. <gasps> Honey. Which was literally like, you know, you bought a dress in what? QVC? Oh my God! Ah! And that's, but if you saw, so if you look at the, the like the evolution of drag and how it's, you know, what what is best drag now and how people look at it compared to then i mean Absolutely. it's also like girl like yeah you know apples and oranges like completely yeah. different because yeah. we've we've actually done that uh, uh through lockdown we've we've gone back and watched every season since oh, nina flowers all the way through um all the all-stars everything um and and you know you look at the the stuff that was out for season one and season two yeah. and everybody's in hard front wigs Everybody yeah. is in hard front wigs. Yeah. Like one of the uh, competitions is, I don't know, something, something. And you win this amazing lace front wig. And everybody's like, oh, my God, a lace front wig. Ah! You know, whereas now, right, right. if you're not wearing a lace front, everyone's like, uh, why isn't How this dare a lace you? front? <laughs> yeah, exactly. People, now, people have never been in drag come up to you at the show and be like, I can see your lace front. I was like, yeah, bitch, because you're right in front of me. Exactly. Like, uh, I don't know if you know, but this is a fucking wig, bitch. It's <laughs> not my hair. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun how it how it how it changes throughout the years, and and um, I mean it's good, you know, it's elevated, but also the pressure, you yeah. know. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. The whole thing. I, like, I'm very aware of that because, you know, starting a hundred thousand years ago, um, also, beautiful, honey. it was just, you know, it was hard front wigs and it, especially here, it was never so much about what do you look like, but more about what do you do? So, yeah. you know, if I'm going to do, uh, I don't know, a, a dinner lady sketch, then I'm just going to put a stupid ratty wig on my head and a, a very basic dinner lady costume because it's about what am I doing on stage rather than what I'm, what is the outfit as much you know that's like the final five percent of the number or the act or yeah. whatever. Um, I mean, I guess that's good also because then like you know it's it's different and that's what's interesting also about the franchises in different countries because then you see the different level of drag and um, I'm very proud of my season doing a bearded queen and having yeah. girls like Mama Queen and Chelsea Boy uh, who who put some really non-binary stuff out there and, and it makes it really interesting. But I I was I was working on Mykonos last season with Alyssa Vandell from Bristol and uh, Baga also came over, which was right 
when they announced that she was going to be on the show, uh-huh. but it wasn't aired yet. And they also explained to me, like, you know, because of because of Drag Race, we, we're elevating the looks and we're, we're growing because we're, we're live singing queens. That's what we do in England, you know, mostly. And then, yeah, it doesn't matter what you wear necessarily because you have to sell your voice and the, 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 the whole act and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. Which is one of the, you know... Uh, watching you on the show, that was one of the great things that came across with you as well. That you know, you are clearly a performer. It's not just mm. I look gorgeous and I have a beautiful femme face. You know, actually, I am an amazing performer as well. Um, so who are your uh, your inspirations? You know, like old school drag inspirations. What are the who are the people uh, that made you go? This is this is the kind of drag that I want to do. Well, I mean, definitely RuPaul has been one of those people who made me do drag. Um, you know, when the Red Hot album came out, I was in school and uh, looking good, feeling gorgeous. The number I performed a lot. Also, like, that is the vibe why I started doing drag. And then uh, we had Sherry Vine, Jackie Beat, um, you know, girls like that that were working in the scene. Um, so, so smart. And 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 also this, also I respect it so much because it's this time before Drag Rev, like before YouTube. So they couldn't like look up a simple tutorial and do it. They actually did it all from their own minds. Um, so I think those are the people that I really looked up to growing up and getting into like what I wanted to do with drag. And um, now there's many girls that I look up to and 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 I really am inspired by. Like Raven is just a queen that I love that aesthetic. I love her whole zhuzh, her whole vibe. But I mean, basically, I've I love I've loved Drag Race and I've loved all the girls that that were on there. So you've also talked about like rather than going to a bar, you'd prefer to go to a pop concert. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. So what would be your ideal date? I mean, I'm just asking out of interest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming to the UK soon. Like. Um, Okay, perfect. I'll get my wallet ready. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if it would be safe for me. Uh, I don't know if it's safe for me to get to take somebody on a date to go to a concert. Because once I get to a concert, I turn into this like 15 year old little white girl that is just screaming all the music. Can't stop dancing. Um, Always when I'm with my friends are always looking at me like, girl, are you OK? I'm like, I'm having the best time. Um, so I don't know if a date would be appropriate to take because I won't be looking at my date. But um, I mean, I you know, the thing is, is like, oh, I think that's, you know, what people I think they can figure it out. But us being on stage and being such like crazy characters and, and loud mouths and stuff that also results in like in your personal life, you're quite chill and easygoing. And um, I love to go out with a date i love going for a drink or um for dinner but i also love to make dinner at home and just watch a movie and chill and cuddle and netflix and chill perfect nice and cheap netflix and chill <laughs> i wonder how appealing netflix and chill will be as a date offer once lockdown is lifted no one's gonna want a netflix and chill but i would love to take somebody to a concert though i mean i enjoy it so much when it, when and that's the same thing when i watch a drag show but it's the same with the with a pop artist that comes over or any artist i love you know because they're you see them alive on stage you see what they do what they love doing and what they're so good at and and it's for me so much more enjoyable than just getting drunk in a bar and being annoyed by people around definitely, you definitely yeah you know? Mind you, i'm not very good with cuz you cuz you know they are pulling your hair and like yeah <sighs> yeah i mean well if i can if I can help it, I am not going out in drag. Like that is for me, that is just not it because it is that 
people smacking your ass, no. but not in no. like a ooh, uh, yeah. ooh, cheeky tap. It's like a whack, and you <laughs> and you turn around, and I'm like, I'm gonna fucking smack your face in. I am going to smack your goddamn face in. But Do not you, touch but me. But you better show up in drag when I'm taking you out for dinner, bitch. <laughs> you better show up in drag. There you go. Okay, okay, deal, fine. I might be wearing a pussycat wig and just a, like, rub of foundation. But I'll be there. (laughs) So Drag Race, the weird thing with Drag Race Holland is it was Drag Race Holland and not Drag Race Netherlands. So do you you know why it was that rather than, like, okay? I think it's the same thing with, um, so, I mean, okay, it's confusing. We are the Netherlands. We speak Dutch. And then we have two provinces um, that are the closest to England, that is North and South Holland. They're the most populated, and that's where Rotterdam is, The Hague, Amsterdam. So it's also uh, more international. So that's where the tourists come, and that's how they sort of know it. So internationally, that sort of became the name for the Netherlands, Mm -hmm. because tourists just find it easier. And uh, I think they chose to do the same thing as uh, The Voice, The Voice of Holland, to make it, to give it that international feeling. And it just... I think it just sounds easier. Yeah. You know, Drag Race the Netherlands or Drag Race Holland. It just mouths better, yeah. you know? Um, and the it funny thing is, is I saw an article right before we announced it that um, from this random website who was like, oh, we need to get that out of the system. We need to like work on it that it's the Netherlands. And then bam, a week later, we were like, hi, Drag Race Holland. <laughs> so I, I guess I guess it's just to keep it, um, you know, internationally in easier. I mean, that makes sense. So you first, uh, you said when you walked in, uh, when you first walked in, um, that you didn't know too many people other than Sedajin. Um, but you've really bonded with Mama Queen and with Envy Peru. So who from the show didn't get a card or an invitation for you this Christmas or sort of, you know, who, who are you still friends with or who's not getting a gift? Well, it's actually it's actually the other way around. There's only two people that I didn't really know when I walked in, which was Mama Queen and Room. I followed them, but I didn't really know them. All the other girls I've known, most of them for years. Oh, okay. um, some like yeah, like Sedajin is a really great friend of mine. We did Mykonos together, and uh, we've traveled internationally, so and worked together a lot. Um, I got really close with Mama um, because she she did something really interesting. Um, it's I love it when people can sort of pop my bubble. So when I had that fight with Abby, I was, after we filmed everything, I was backstage chilling and stuff, and she walked right up to me, and she knew I wasn't having the whole moment. She looked me dead on in the eye, and she was like, what do you want to achieve in your life? And I was like, this bitch is popping my bubble. Like, the fuck is going on here? Like, and that just really made me love her even more, and we became really close. Me and Envy got really, really close uh, during the show. We've known each other for years and worked together a lot, but I'm very grateful how close we got. Um, and you also see it in the show, obviously, in the finale. It was really beautiful. Um, it's not that I... I don't hate nobody. Okay? Let's just put that out there. <laughs> but if I would go... If I if I could go on tour with some of the girls, it would probably be like six instead of ten. Okay. But that's all right. You can't like everybody. And it's drag as well. Like, six out of ten drag queens that you wouldn't mind going on tour with. I think that's pretty good going, right? to be yeah. fair. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but they're all welcome for a Christmas that... party though. Whatever. Like Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to waste I'm just trying to win Miss Congeniality, you know. 
At least I'll win something. <laughs> you had a dress which I would like really reminded me of Davina's, but you both had your national flag going on um on your um on your this finales, didn't you? Gorgeous. Yeah, and the funny thing was with the when we did the um, the red, white, and blue runway, um, uh, with my um uh, my the the evening gown with the neckline and everything. They I've seen some photos online where they put it next to a Aquafresh commercial, because <laughs> it's like literally the red, white, and blue, and they're like Aquafresh. Can we Connor Connor? Can we put a meme together of that and then of it's like so funny. of of one of them on either side? Yeah, let's do that. That's so. Oh, I laughed so hard. It was so funny. That's why your teeth look so white. So what's also great is that you and Envy and Mama got to share the top three places. What was the public's reaction like to the final positions? Um, I think that uh, Citizen Quick and uh, Chelsea Boy were really fan favorites. So there was a lot of support for them that people really wanted to see them uh, get into the top three. Um, but in the end, it's like, you know, that's and that's also yeah. the struggle, I think, with the show. Sometimes it, it all happens in the moment, you know, and if and if you just yeah. have a bad week. Yeah, I mean, you yours was week. very like that as well. There was no they've done so well for the last four weeks. There was no taking into account of any of that stuff. It was very much like, OK, this week was not great. Goodbye. And I. Savage, really savage. We're now we're in the run for uh, winning a TV prize, uh, which is called it's, it's called televisiting here. Um, so people can vote for it, and then you have to go through a couple of rounds to actually win. But now we're we're up for voting. Like we've shown the world how much diversity we have here, so it would be really fun to continue that, one hundred percent. And then maybe I can come back as a guest judge. Uh. Yay! Because you know the stand <laughs> the standard has always kind of been there with Holland. Because I've been to. Amsterdam what three times now if I go again it's going to start looking sad but I follow like you know the odd bar like bar Soho and a few of the queens and like they look fantastic I always have have you are you sure you've never met me then well I don't know because I just keep thinking that um I was just thinking there's this particular oh, a, queen a true a true fan a true fan I can tell I don't know <laughs> I'm really not sure because I wouldn't have known what your name was if I'd have seen you and I've been to Amsterdam yeah, I've been right. to Amsterdam sure. pride um, so you know, like I could have seen when? you on a like on a stage or something. Uh, not last, not 2017. Um, I don't, I don't, girl, I don't even remember what I ate last night. I don't remember I don't 2017. No. But Amsterdam Pride is amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're we're one of those originals still. Thank God we have the boats, so we still want to have one of those prides that people really yeah, come for and definitely and really travel and make an effort. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It is genuinely, it is actually wonderful. I went when I was. 17, 18. It was, it was just after 9-11, actually. We flew, I think, two days after 9-11. So Amsterdam is a great place. Well, we're very, we're very open-minded here, very relaxed. And we look, oh, you exactly. know. Yeah. Oh, it's we're great. Very chill. So, uh, but it was amazing. It was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. All these badges with people in incredible costumes. Um, just, and it was fabulous. So it was so much fun. Um, there was, uh, you know, Dutch people have the reputation for saying what's on their mind. Because like you say, you know, let's save some time. Let's just get moving. I don't need to sugar that pill and make you feel good about no. yourself. I want you to yep. know. Um, and you have a particular reputation for that. So if there was if there was somebody that you could speak very directly to um, about anything and Anybody, if there was somebody, you know, anybody in the entire planet 
who you feel like I, I would really like to say to this person very directly, who would it be and what would you tell them? Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> that, could, <laughs> that could be... There's a left that, field That is a question. I mean, that could be that could be like in a way of like, oh, I've always wanted to tell you the fucking truth or I've always wanted to tell you how much I love you. That could be both ways. So that could be that. Um, I was yeah, thinking it'd true. end up being something more political that you might say, oh, do you know what? I really always wanted to say this to Donald <laughs> Trump or something. This is what I'd say oh, no, to I this person. Oh, no, I blocked him on all social media. Did you? <laughs> Why not? Good, yeah. good girl. <laughs> Honey, how great is that feeling where you can actually block the president of the United yeah. States and be like, bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thanks. yeah. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. Too many people. Um, there are, I mean, aren't I've, there? I've, I've, <laughs> I would have... I've, I've, obviously, I've, I would love to meet RuPaul and just tell him how much I love him and how grateful I am for everything that he he put out into the world and, and the chances that, we, that, we, that he gave us. I would love to meet Raven and just, you know kiss her feet and just be like I'm the biggest fan and I and I love you love you love you so much um I if I could bring Whitney Houston back from the dead I would just to just to talk to her um and I, you know it's also a hard question because I guess because of my reputation I just say how it is all the time you know I don't I don't try to hold it in and be like oh there will be a moment in time where we're gonna have that conversation no I'm gonna just tell you right now because then I don't have to like wait for it or, you know, keep it into in keep it in my system and my energy will be blocked that way. So yeah. So if if Fred was in front of you right now, what what do you think you would say to Fred? Calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch is doing so much in her life and she's all over and everywhere and Oh gosh, she just she just needs to chill a little bit. No, but I I did, you know, I did have a conversation with him where I told him how grateful I am for uh, what he did for the show and you know he didn't do drag for so long and and he decided to get into drag and the whole world is going to look at you like oh are you going to imitate RuPaul and how how are you going to do it and um I think he brought something that was very himself and very you know he owned it in his own way and and I really appreciated that and he loved us very much and that gave us a lot of strength so I would say thank you I mean that the sort of things that he was saying to the guest judges had me screaming like, oh, I'm going to break your legs now. You know, like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I was screaming. Yeah. And that shit was so funny. The way that it was re- like biting. It wasn't like, ha, ha, ha. Everything's sunshine and flowers and roses. Like, Shut your mouth. Exactly. Like, Brit, but... You know, and that was, I think, one of the things that I enjoyed the most about Drag Race Holland, that it had a very distinct feel, like, because of um, because of you girls and then what Fred did as well. It didn't feel like we're an imitation of something else. It felt like a, its, own, uh, its own complete and cohesive product. Um, it didn't feel like it was, you know, a poor relation or it was very clearly its own competition, which was what I thought was the amazing strength of that, which maybe wasn't the same for some other things. But I couldn't I couldn't imagine being in your position, though, where you have to, like, actually be in front of RuPaul and be like... Um, you know what? RuPaul doesn't really say that much. He leaves that to Michelle. So she's the attack dog. <laughs> and, and you just have to kind of sit there and go, okay, thanks. Yes, that's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Which I'm not very good at. So I I definitely would say, well, you know, I made that decision because I thought of this. 
looking at it, maybe I agree with you now. Maybe I don't. But those were the decisions that I made as an but were artist. You, were you able to like just like defend, defend your point of view or your choices? Uh, no, they're not interested in that. Uh, that doesn't help. <laughs> that certainly does not help you in the competition. <laughs> we actually had, uh, you know, a couple of moments where, where we really sort of not not went in, but we just were like, okay, wait, hold up a minute. We don't agree. Like the whole moment with uh, the non-binary stuff, that was really some of those moments where the queens were like, listen, judges, I get it. You're a different generation, but, grow, you know, wake up. The world is different. And I'm going to tell up. you exactly how it is. Yeah. Hopefully they learn from it, but yeah. Because that look was incredible as well. And then they were like, oh, I didn't really. And as soon as she walked out on stage, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I know exactly what this is and I know exactly why it is. This is incredible. Yeah. And that it just didn't, you know. But you find that, I think, with some of the judging, mm, it doesn't always make sense as the viewer. Also, that you know? is the queen on stage, trust me. <laughs> There have been moments where I was like, the girl, this shit they said about the outfit that I'm wearing. The like the, there's a lot of stuff they yeah. edited out. There was like they were talking about my look. They were like, oh, the silhouette is horrible and it doesn't look good on you. And it's like pedestrian and that skirt and ugh. And I was like, and that's also why you hear me say in the finale when I walk off, I'm like, that skirt, I'ma keep it. But they, you know, like so sometimes they went in, girl. Oof. Yeah. For real, absolutely the same, absolutely the same. To absolutely the same experience. But this isn't the first time that you've been on TV, is it? No, I love doing television, actually. I did, um when I came back from Mykonos last year, last December, I did All Together Now. Um, so we're sisters. Was yep. that? So I know, so. I have to apologize for the making you wear a red <laughs> wig. It was really fun. Um, I, you know, it was also a great learning experience because I there was a season one already before, so I saw another girl, Gigi, do it, and then they hired me to to be one of the judges. And I was like, well, but I don't sing, so how am I, you know, gonna judge somebody who's here for a singing competition and and winning ten thousand euros? So it was. Um, and of course, I am very direct, which can come across a little shady or rude. So I was really there, like, okay, how do I make this my own? How do I you know, put uh, put in something that can actually help the contestants or, you know, my point of view. So I really looked at stage presence and, um, you know, the outfit or how you how you did your act or, you know, other things than just the singing, um, because that's just something that I don't have the knowledge of. And um, and I think in, in in the end, it worked out really great. Um, they, they loved what I did. Uh, I had a lot of screen time, so that's good. And um, and and like I said, there was also some moments like we had a trans uh, girl coming up on the stage singing. So there were some really beautiful moments in that show. Is there going to be a third series for you? I guys? think they're really uh, considering it or wanting to do it. But because the, the ratings were really high and like, you know, the first couple of episodes, we had over a million people watching it. Um, yeah, but then, you know, Expedite Romanson came on, which is like the greatest show of all. So we were like a little competition. But now they can't because there can't be that many people in a room. So that's the whole television world is sort of waiting on, you know, the, the situation to be cleared to make new TV shows or new seasons happen. So when it comes to with we're in 2021 now, what are... Janie Jacquet's personal goals. What are the things that you want to achieve? Um, I would love to for sure go and travel internationally and meet all of her beautiful fans and entertain and do a tour. If that's collectively with some of the girls from Drag Race or just my one woman show. 
uh, with my team. That would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to make more television shows, and I would love to get on um, Dancing with the Stars because that tango gave me some life, honey. Yes, it did. Uh, so we're definitely working on that. And um, I mean, if if I could make it happen to be a Voss girl, that would be phenomenal. I don't see why not. Why not? Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah, definitely. So how how do we um how do we keep up with what you're doing? What are your socials for people to follow? Well, definitely my main social is Instagram at JDJK. I'm also on Twitter and on TikTok. Uh, but I would advise everybody just to go to Instagram and everything will be linked there, of course. And that's the the main output for my socials. Gorgeous. Well, I. It's been a joy chatting with you Thanks today. Thanks for having me. I loved it. The questions were rough, girl. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but I cannot wait to meet you guys. I'm like, I'm, I'm coming over to the UK as, as soon as possible. So definitely can't wait Manchester. to meet. Yeah. Same. Absolutely same. I Perfect. can't wait to meet you. Let's do a little show together, honey. Oh. We'd have to do an all together now reunion. Thank you so much, guys. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it, come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting, no waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it. Come take me here and now. Try it and buy it at the top of the stack. Bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.